Mark Santiago here, and welcome to the Empowered AF Podcast, where each episode we share powerful strategies to help you communicate, act, and lead like an empowered man. Thanks for joining me. All right, all right, all right. We are on, and I'm live with my good friend, Misty. I always want to make her name Misty McIntyre Johnson, but it's Misty McIntyre. We'll go by that. Um, that's an old school thing from Facebook that I will never get out of my head. It is what it is. Thank you for joining me again, Misty, on the podcast. Always excited to be here. It's always a good time with you. Actually, I don't even know if I've had you on a podcast. I, think, I know I've had you on some trainings, but I don't know if I've actually had you on a podcast. I think we've done one other podcast. Oh, yeah. We did a, we did a Facebook Live. This is before I even had a podcast in my Facebook group. So if you're in the Facebook group, you could probably look up Misty's name from like a year and a half ago. And it was, we did something on affairs. Yeah. Affairs and like trauma. Yeah. That was when we were, we were newbies. We probably had like a hundred people in our group, but uh, we're, we're at 6,000 now. So we've grown, grown a little bit since then. Um, But I wanted to bring Misty on because uh, you know, those of you listening have this question a lot. And that is what is the difference between therapy and coaching? So if you don't know Misty, she's been active in uh, as a therapist for 10 plus years and doing um, all kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm actually going to let her speak about her specific background, but she's been a therapist and she's also been a coach. So she has a very unique perspective on the difference between the two. So Misty, let's start with your background, just so guys know what you actually do. Let's lend a little bit of credibility to, to your story. Um, and then we'll talk about the differences between the two. Sure. Yeah. So like Mark said, I have been a licensed marriage therapist for the last 10 years. I'm also a sex therapist. And so I've had the pleasure of for the last decade-ish working exclusively with people in relationships that look like couples, individuals dealing with relationship stuff. Sometimes it's people learning how to come together. Sometimes it's people learning how to be apart. Sometimes it's people learning how to date again. Um, sometimes it's people taking a look at their own stuff and how they choose partners, how they show up in relationships. But um, at the end of the day, relationships are my bread and butter. Um, I've worked a lot with couples. And about three years ago, three-ish years ago, I made the transition from therapy into coaching. Um, And that's how we crossed paths. And uh, I, I coach for Mark. I coach for a psychiatrist. Um, I coach in my own program, and then I still have my brick and mortar where I practice as a therapist doing counseling and therapy. Um, so I'm still active as both. That's it's such a unique perspective because like, and I remember when you and I first met and you we were talking about this and, it, and it's like, it was kind of mind boggling to me because I didn't understand even at, at that point, I wasn't doing Empowered Man and I was doing a totally different business. I was like trying to understand like the difference. And obviously there's, there's license issues, right? Like, because, you know, you have to be licensed in the state you're practicing therapy, but then there's also a different modality in the way therapists and coaches um, interact. So let's start to un- unwrap those two things. So maybe we start with like each as an individual practice. So therapy as a practice, coaching as a practice, and then kind of, we'll talk about some of the situations where one might make more sense or when it makes sense to do both. Or one, it might make sense to not do any of the above and just like get your head out of the fucking sand, right? Um, you know, <laughs> sometimes we're just, I mean, like what, at one point I had to fire all my coaches because I'm like, I'm getting too much coaching happening and I'm not making decisions that are helping my business. So I literally fired everyone that was speaking into me. 
it happens. Now, most of you guys that are listening to this, you're not in that place because you're not getting the right help. You're listening to your friends, you're listening to your parents, your in-laws, other people are telling you what you should be doing. And you're not actually talking to like professionals. So here you are two professionals, one therapist and coach, one coach, no therapist here. Uh, and so let's talk about that. So therapy, let's talk about that specifically. Uh, what is the main modality of therapy, what it's main usage for, and then we'll talk about coaching. Yeah, so therapy, uh, first and foremost, you have to be licensed in the state that you practice in, right? Which means you have completed not only an undergraduate degree, but a master's degree. And on top of that, have had a certain number of hours of supervision, as well as clinical hours, meaning like face-to-face contact with clients. Um, it might be anywhere from 1,500 to 3,000 hours before you can even get licensed. So oh. usually someone who's a licensed therapist has been practicing therapy for a minimum of two years before they can ever get licensed. Got it. Um, and on top of that, they have to get continuing education units every two years. So they're constantly having to go through ethics training, um, cutting edge techniques and trainings um, about new things in the field, new technology, new findings, new research. And so there's a lot of requirements there uh, to maintain the license, um, as well as supervision, being supervised by um, another clinician with uh, supervision credentials. So there's a lot that goes into being a licensed therapist um, and and being board certified. Um, In terms of what a therapist does, Therapists, in comparison to coaching, have a tendency to focus more on deeper processing and is a little more past-oriented, right? So it might focus on processing trauma or diagnosing or assessing, diagnosing, and treating mental health disorders. So we might be talking about depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, um, adjustment disorders, uh, the whole gamut, right? There's an entire book on um, diagnoses, mental health diagnoses. Um, Some of it can be, uh, like I mentioned, processing trauma, but um, processing events uh, that happened that affected your life or had some deep meaning on your life. Um, It might be processing feelings you're having in the present, figuring out how to handle. And most people who come to therapy have some problem where they need somebody or something to change. Mm. Right. They want something to be different. Right. Um, And a lot of times people who want coaching are looking for the same thing. But typically uh, therapy is more around um, deeper processing, focusing on the past. There's a lot of healing work. And a lot of times it's really about being a sounding. Well, depending on the kind of therapist you work with, a lot of times it can be just a safe place to hear your own thoughts, to put your own stuff out in the world and have a sounding board without judgment, without criticism. And it just feels very contained and safe so that you can get your stuff out there, right? Any further questions about that? No, I mean, I think it's like, that's a great understanding of, and this is pretty much the analogy I use, which is therapy is usually about going to the past a little bit more and focusing on healing work and trauma and and things of that nature. Um, Maybe maybe let's talk a little bit about some of the different modalities because you got CBT, which is more the cognitive behavioral, and then you've got a couple other types. Um, obviously the one everybody thinks about is, is CBT, which is, you know, we're talking talk therapy, that type of stuff. Um, but do you do any other type of work or have you done any other type besides the cognitive stuff? In terms of 
certifications like that, like there's there's CBT, there's DBT, there's EMDR, yep. there's uh, play therapists, there's, um, I, I mean, you can get all kinds of certifications. Um, mine in particular will be sex therapy certification under the umbrella of a marriage therapist, right? So that right. is like, ACE is the affiliation there. In terms of being modalities, even under each one of those umbrellas, there's there's lots of other different modalities, right? So my training was particularly around taking a look at more of a medical model versus a relational model. I'm relationally and systemically trained. So what that means is the traditional medical model says, ah, you have a certain set of symptoms. You're having trouble focusing. You're, you have loss of appetite, loss of interest. You're feeling sad. You're really tearful. You're feeling anxious. Yeah, you're meeting criteria for depression or anxiety. Let's treat those symptoms. Let's focus on coping. Let's give you some coping skills. Let's focus on medication management. Let's identify the diagnosis and let's manage that. Whereas the way I'm trained is not so much focused on each like therapy certification, but the model itself, which is we go, we're going to take a look not only at those things that are presenting themselves, but we're going to take a look at the context. How does, how does this stuff make sense in context? So, for example, most people come to me and they probably have some of those symptoms because they're going through a divorce or their partner just cheated. And so we're taking a look at specifically not diagnosing and saying, wow, okay, you do present with these issues, but what's going on in your life? Oh, wow, your kid just graduated college and, or, or your kid just graduated high school is moving to college. You're not going to see them because they live three hours away. You're going through a divorce because your partner just cheated on you. Um, you had to change jobs because you're no longer living together. You need to financially support yourself in a different way. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. You'd be having some symptoms of depression or anxiety with all of this going on. So rather than treating then the symptom and it just being about managing that, we're going a little deeper and kind of getting to the nuts and the bolts and the crux of the situation, right? And, and looking at it systemically so that we figure out here's how it makes sense. So first and foremost, we get to normalize their experience, but we get to make sure that we're looking deeper into the root of things and not just staying superficial. So when you do that, you usually get, um, uh, I think, in my opinion, more progress um, because you're actually getting to the nuts and bolts of stuff. In terms of other modalities, so for example, I'm, I'm a relationship therapist, so my training isn't necessarily like CBT, MDR, those kinds of things. We have different models like Imago therapy, emotionally focused therapy. There are certified Gottman therapists. Um, there's uh, PAC training. There's real life therapy. There's all kinds of different models that take a look at like your family uh, of origin. I personally am a huge fan of three different models. One is EFT. I love the Gottman model, um, but I also really, really like Imago. And that is probably the one I practice more often than not and incorporate into all of my practices, whether it's therapy or coaching. I think but we could talk for hours about like, each little thing. Well, no, it's, it's fascinating because like most people don't know any of those things. And, and I don't even know if I'd heard it spoken that way before. And I'm, been in this world for a little bit and kind of understand a lot of the things, but it makes sense. Really what you're talking about too is, is there's not, you know, a lot of guys will be like, I'm going to therapy or I'm going to counseling. Well, what does that mean? You know, it's like, are you going to speak to an individual therapist about your individual symptoms, 
which are anxiety, depression, et cetera, and they're going to help you cope with it? Or are you going to a marriage therapist? And what is the marriage therapist going to do? So it's like, it's very interesting when, when men come to us and have these situations and they're like, well, I've tried this and I've tried that and that's, nothing seems to be working. Um, and it's frustrating because it's like, well, we're, you know, we're in marriage therapy, but she's not leaning in. And, and we're going to talk about that on the, in the summit, leaning in versus leaning out where one partner wants to be married and the other person's like leaning out of the marriage, yeah. you know, and they get frustrated and they're like, what do I do with that? Or, you know, you know, you're trying to, you know, teach them coping skills on those things. And all of those are important, but they're not necessarily like the, the silver bullet. And, and then I think that's yeah. where we, if we switch into start talking about coaching. So you, you three years ago started shifting a little bit and, and I, and I assume part of it was because it would help you get outside of, you know, your, your therapy world of only being able to, you know, work in Georgia uh, or Alabama, wherever. And, and so with that, what is different about coaching and, and, and give me a little bit more insight in that. Cause I know that most of the coaching you do is this is similar in the sense you're talking to, to both, right? So you're working with both partners. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So coaching, first and foremost, I want to say that, that what led me to that is, is wanting to make a bigger impact with more people, wanting to reach more people. If I'm only licensed in the state of Georgia, I'm very limited to the people that I can reach, right? They're usually going to just be within my community. And I had tons of people that heard from a friend, from a friend, from a friend, and can I work with you? I'm in Michigan. Can I work with you? I'm in California. Can I work with you? I'm in Austin, Texas. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, we can't. And um, it really kind of stinks. With coaching, uh, given the nature of the service, coaching doesn't usually have any kind of regulation around practicing outside of any kind of state line because you're not licensed in a particular state. There, and and that, that's a great thing because somebody like me, I can practice anywhere in the world virtually, right? Yeah. So I can access a lot of people, help a lot more people. However, that means that anybody can kind of do it. You don't have to go through grad school. You don't have to complete a board exam. You don't have to have supervision and enough clinical hours to even be called licensed. So, you know, there are some really good courses out there and really good curriculum that people are following to be able to become a really good life coach or relationship coach. Um, but there just are not as many um, requirements, regulatory boards, or any kind of oversight that, that um, ensures that you're staying within your state or, you know, following a certain set of protocol. But it's probably due in large part because the work looks so different. So for example, in my practice, uh, I might also have to really assess for um, domestic violence. I might have to recess, assess for if there's any suicidal or, or homicidal tendencies, any kind of risk, if there's uh, substance use, uh, comorbidities, um, paying attention to any uh, contraindications based off a of diagnosis, um, confidentiality. You know, what if one partner tells me that they're cheating and I'm working with the other partner? Like, do I hold the secret or do I bring it up? These are the kinds of things you have to consider. Whereas with coaching, it looks a little bit different because you're not assessing for, for any kind of mental health. You're not treating mental health. And you're usually not processing a lot of deep trauma that could otherwise be done in a therapy setting. 
what you're usually focused on with a coach is here's where I'm at and here's where I want to be. I just don't know how to get there. And a coach is often going to be a lot more solution oriented, future focused, and serve more as a direct guide. Like here's our steps. It's very pragmatic. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we need to work on. They are serving as a map and a guide for you, right? Whereas sometimes in therapy, it's kind of like, we don't have any destination. Like I'm just going to hold space for where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it makes so so much sense because like when we started empowered man, you know, that was one of the things that I was considering. I was like, you know, I don't want to be confused with therapy because that's not what I do. What I do is help you get from here to here and here are the steps in order to get there. Um, and, and that work that you're doing may seem therapeutic, but it's not for the sense of therapy and, and, you know, finding out if you have some sort of mental illness or, or, or sickness. And that's why if we, you know, if we get a hint of somebody having that, we're like, you know, you might want to talk to a therapist because that's not something we can address or deal with. Unfortunately, you know, the guys who are really considering hurting themselves need to talk to a professional mental health person, call the, the national suicide hotline, whatever. We cannot help you if you're in that place. Now, once you get that help and you're in a better mental clarity state, coaching can be perfect for you. So let's talk about some of that because like you work, you know, in your own therapy office with couples, you work with other doctors or other people in the coaching space, but specifically you work with our guys in the thrive program. And so if you could help delineate, like, what are the, the things that you deal with, like on a practical level with like a couple in your office versus like what you do in the Empowered Man Thrive program on the marriage and therapy call or the marriage and relationship call? Oh, that's a big question. How much time do you have, Mark? We got, we got a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I will say that usually when a couple finds themselves in my office for couple therapy, it's because more times than not, uh, there's, there's usually an exception here or there, but more times than not, it is sort of a last stop before the attorney's office. It's a last ditch effort to save the marriage. Yeah. And oftentimes one partner is being dragged to therapy. They don't really want to go. They think it's a bunch of bunk, it's a bunch of BS. They're like, well, whatever. Like we can handle this ourselves, but somebody's unhappy and something needs to give or both parties are unhappy. And they're like, we got to figure this out or this is not going to work. And so when they're in the room, then a lot of the conversation is about here's where we're at and here's what's not working. We argue about this and they even argue in the room a lot of the time. Yep. There's a lot of blame. There's a lot of trying to figure out what the problem even is. Sometimes they think it's one problem and it's actually something else and they just can't see it yet. And fortunately, I can sort of be that mirror for them. But the main difference is coaching and, and specifically the men in your program. Um, let me back up. I think oftentimes in therapy, people are a little more focused on the problem. Here's the problem we're having. We're fighting. Uh, we don't resolve conflict. We never have sex anymore. We're, we're just like roommates. We can't agree as parents. They, they won't be honest with me. We don't build trust. We don't have enough intimacy. We just can't connect. I'm bored to tears. And they, they talk about it over and over again. And many times therapy if it's, if it's not really laid out um, to me in a way that feels really, really useful, um, and everybody has their own style, but to, to me, they kind of come in week to week, and it's like, okay, so what happened this week? Well, he said this, and she did that, and they didn't do this, 
and it's what I call kind of same shit, different day syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you're just having the same argument over and over again. And it's just like refresh button. What was the argument of the week? And, and that sort of prompted this whole coaching thing is like, this is so antiquated. Like there has got to be something better other than tell me about your problems and what, what you argued about this week. Um, there's more to it than that. And I tell uh-huh. people all the time, like, I don't operate that way. You can argue for free at home. <laughs> I like that. You can argue for free at home. Stop arguing in my office. I like that. But I think many people who find themselves looking for a coach, and specifically the guys in your program, they are ready to take action. Mm. They're, they're ready to get solution focused. And so in this, pro, like anything you feed them, they're like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can make the suggestion. Like, okay, I'm on it. Um, I will say though, that sometimes that comes after maybe their partner suggested therapy for a really long time and they were like, nah, and she's like, I'm done. And they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. There's sometimes more of a sense of urgency when somebody finds themselves in coaching. So they're either in coaching because they really need a solution to a problem. They're really looking for a guide and someone to be direct and provide that map for them. And they're ready to get busy and get down to work. Um, Sometimes they're doing it because uh, they, it, it might be the only way they know of that they might be able to actually repair the relationship before it's actually too late. Yeah. So I think sometimes with coaching, there's a big sense of urgency, but the sense of urgency looks a little different than in therapy, where a lot of times I find people who are kind of in crisis mode. And sometimes coaching is like, okay, I went through crisis mode, and and now I'm just trying to figure out what's next. And sometimes they come for relationship coaching because they're very clear about what they want to be next. And sometimes it's individual coaching to figure out how they can be the best version of themselves in a relationship, which is similar to what they're doing in your program, right? Yeah. I mean, and what's, what's really amazing, I think, and a lot of guys miss out on this. They go, well, I'm already in therapy. I don't need coaching. I'm like, well, wait a second. Are you maximizing what you're doing in therapy? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, you guys are going, but are you actually doing work on yourself so that by the time you get to the therapist's office, it's not a rehash of the same shit. It's, Hey, we had an argument. I processed it because Mark's tools or whatever, you know, thrives tools. And I learned how to do this. And so I articulated, use the feeling statement or an I, I feel statement or a power statement. And then when she responded, we were able to have like a really good discussion. What we want to do though, is work on that. So can we work on that in front of you so that we can get better at that and go home and pra- like, like that to me sounds like productive therapy, because now you have a practitioner who's in front of you, who's licensed, trained, whatever to work on that stuff. And because you've done your work as the man on this side, mostly men, the men that are listening to this, but if the wife is also doing that, you know, if she, cause Missy also does coaching with women. If you're, if you're doing that coaching and she's doing that coaching, and then you come into the therapist's office, it's like, it doesn't, I almost say it doesn't matter what problem has been there. It all can be solved. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a fair, I mean, yes, there are certain things for certain people that are just deal breakers and that's it. They're done. I totally understand. That. I totally respect that. But if you want it to work, if both people want it to work, I think the tools in front of you are there to make it work. So it really comes back to how much of a return on therapy do you want to get? Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. I think one of the big differences is the mindset that you come into each with. A lot of times when you're coming into therapy, it's very much about how can I blame my partner? How can I just sort of word vomit about what they're doing? And 
what's really unfortunate is sometimes if you're in therapy, like one-on-one counseling, doing like relationship work, what you get is, is, is a therapist who is trying to be so supportive of you and your needs that they're almost helping you co-conspire against the partner. Like, yes. oh yeah, yeah, you deserve better. Yeah. And you shouldn't put up with crap. When really, like, some of the focus needs to be on, like, this radical accountability on how we show up in relationships. How yeah. do we handle when we're angry? How do we, uh, how do we prevent connection from happening? What is our role in our intimacy stalemate? Right? And I think with coaching, there's a lot more personal accountability where we're really taking a look at our own stuff. Yeah. And it was something that in therapy I just didn't find was really, that was sort of the antiquated piece is we, we've got to take a look at the whole picture and the dance between partners and what we need to do to get out of that from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, we can't just sit here and talk about point A all the time. No. And I mean, personally, I, I went through therapy with, with my ex-wife and it really was just this, exactly what you described every week. It was, let's continue. What's this week's argument, you know? And it was like just rehashing the same thing over and over again. And it wasn't until I actually did the work and learned how to communicate with her not that, I mean, I would have still, I would have in some ways loved to have gone to therapy after having done all the work I did, but it, I was doing that. And then it was like, it still wasn't working because she hadn't, she hadn't done her own work. And so it was like, it, it ended up not even mattering uh, in that regard. But now for me personally in my life, and this is the point I'm trying to make here is that you may or may not be with your wife forever, but you are going to be with you forever. You can't escape you. And so if you're in the predicament mm-hmm. you're in with your wife, or soon to be ex-wife, whether your marriage makes it or not, you still have to grow and you still have to do your own work in order to be the best human you can possibly be. And I mean, if you're content with being an asshole, or if you're content with being lazy and, and just not working on yourself, that's on you. You shouldn't be listening to my podcast anyways. But if you're the kind of man that says, you know what? I want to be the best human I can be. I want to be the best Mark I can be. And, and I don't know when even know what that looks like, but I'm willing to be humble, own my shit and move on, whether that's with her or not, then, then all of this starts to make sense because I think therapy is super valid and I think it has its place, but it's really hard because a lot of people in marriages, like you just said, they get in crisis mode. They, the, you know, I, I see a lot of times our guys where the guy will drag the woman because she's cheating on him and she doesn't want to own any of that. Or she wants to just now cast blame. Well, I cheated because you did this. Right. And so therefore he's frustrated and doesn't know what to do with it. So then we get him in thrive and they start to see, oh my gosh, this is where I contributed to the failure. I didn't make her cheat. I didn't make her spread her legs. She did what she did, but I contributed. And if I can get a guy to stop hitting the she button and just start hitting the me button, I've won. And, and if he starts hitting the me button and goes to therapy, it's like now he's really one because now he gets to listen to a professional like you really help him unpack the trauma and the in the ego and the bullshit that he's believed all his life. And I mean, all of us are in that. We're all a work in progress. I'm not done. I've got years before me. Right. Well, and, oh. but exactly. And I think that's the mindset that I want to put inside of men that are listening to this is that there's not one of us that have attained, not one of us that have ever hit the final thing until we go to glory until we die, whatever, we're, we're constantly a work in progress. And if you have that mindset, you're going to win in life. 
right? I mean, like, yeah. like I, you know, I know you're one of those people that are always transparent about the things you and your husband have, you know, like little issues, but it's those little foxes that spoil the vine. And, and because you're attentive and aware of those things, you talk about them with your, with your clients and you're like, Hey, this happened. This is how I responded. I was such a bitch about it. And then I realized that yeah. was stupid, right? Like I've heard you say those types of things, you know, maybe not that exact word, but, but that's, you know, and, and it's same with me. I'd like to not just put myself out there, but it's like, man, I think the power is in recognizing and that recognition comes from humility, which comes from the work that you and I do in our, in our trusted, you know, as a coach or as a therapist, whereas you're therapizing them in this way, I'm coaching them in this way. And it becomes a powerful, powerful combination. You know, that raises a really good point is again, one of the differences between therapy and, and, and coaching is that in therapy, um, you're really kind of supposed to be super non-judgmental. And you are supposed to keep a closed kimono all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So it is one of those, you be vulnerable and tell me everything about you, like uh, why the sex position isn't working or, you know, the big argument you had about your mother-in-law or the embarrassing affair that you had with the coworker in town that I know, like, tell me all this, but I'm not going to tell you anything about me, right? right? It, it, it sometimes can create a really weird feeling dynamic, uh, power, power dynamic, um, Whereas with coaching, and I think this is one of the reasons I probably gravitated toward coaching, is that I'm an open kimono. I'm an open book. I will share with people, okay, wow, the mom part of me really wants to say this. The therapist part of me really wants to say this. That if I'm your girlfriend, I really want to say this. But as your coach, I'm going to tell you this, right? Do with it what you want. Yeah. But I get to be a lot more vulnerable, and it, it allows me to kind of show my personhood a bit more, which on one hand can be really wonderful and helpful because people get to know like, oh, okay, like this this person is is sharing with me that they're on a journey. And I share not to be self-indulgent, but I share to give people permission to fail, to stumble and bumble, to be growth minded. And that even when you've done the work for a really long time, clinically professional, I mean clinically and personally, like you're still a work in progress, right? And and therapy is it's not quite like that. It's okay. See you next Thursday at 4 p.m. I've got your credit card on Bob. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing to point out is that, you know, a lot of times guys will be like, oh, I'm in therapy. And I'm like, so that means you see her once a week for 30 minutes or an hour, however long your session is usually an hour and that's it. Right. And they're like, yeah. So what do you do the rest of the time? I don't know. Whereas when you're in our coaching program, it's 24 seven access to coaches, a team of people that are going through what you're going through, uh, group calls all week, like all these things where you're massively supported. So it's like, why would you not do both? Um, and, and that's kind of what, you know, I think the, the difference, what we're saying here is this is like, both things have their place, but like, what would you say to a guy who's like, he's just in couples therapy with his wife. He's not doing any of the coaching. He's not doing any of the work. Why should he jump into thrive? and do the work that we teach them and thrive and what benefit will have, will he have if he's going to therapy with his wife, but also now doing the work we're doing and thrive? Oh, great question. It's, it's kind of loaded Mark, because on one hand, the therapist part of me wants to say like, sometimes therapy is enough, right? Sometimes coaching by itself is enough. Sometimes both together is more than enough. Sometimes it's not enough, right? It's, it's really about finding what works for you. What feels like a good fit. Um, I will say, though, that if, if you're already in couples therapy and you feel like maybe it's not going anywhere or it's stalemated or in, you're in the usually, same pattern, yeah. Rhythm, yeah. right, um, 
that coaching can be really helpful or a program like Thrive can be really helpful because a lot, my experience is that a lot of people who are in that really stale couple therapy place, they start to lose hope. They start to lose momentum and they start to question the livelihood of the relationship or if it can even work. And if they're sitting there wondering, should I stay, should I go? Is it going to work? Is it going to not? This isn't going anywhere. I'm tired of paying $300 an hour for nothing or $150 an hour for nothing or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go anymore. The moment you're in that emotional place of should I stay, should I go, you're already in a state of ambivalence, which is like having a foot on the gas and a foot on the brake at the same time. And you're not going to go anywhere. There's no point in having a Ferrari if you can only do donuts in a parking lot and you can only go 20 miles an hour, right? Mm. Like it, there's no point in it. You're not going anywhere. And so um, I think with coaching, it offers you a vision of where you even want to go and how you can get there. So you're not just driving around blindfolded, pissed off you didn't get to where you wanted to be. Yeah. Other thing about it, though, is that specifically if you're in couple therapy, one of the reasons to do this kind of work with more of a guide or a mentor or someone that has like a mapped out plan for you is this. The current divorce rate in our country for first marriages is around 50%, and it's been holding strong for quite some time. The average divorce rate for second-time marriages is closer to 60 to 70%, and for third marriages, 70 to 80%. Now, I don't say that to scare anybody, Yeah. but the point being is that if divorce was really the answer, we would see a decrease in divorce rates in subsequent marriages. Yep. So what that tells us is that it's not always the person. Oh, let me leave the person. Let me end the person uh, that I'm in relationship with in this contract and all my problems will go away. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be in relationship with yourself. Yep. And what you don't heal up and sort through and clear out in this relationship will follow you into the next one. That's why we see an increase in those rates is because people are jumping into the next relationship without evaluating what even happened in yep. the previous one. So they're taking all the baggage, all the wounds, all the trauma from childhood, from first marriage, from everything into the second one with this false belief that, if I change the person, whew, I change the, I change everything. And yep. it's not true. Yep. And I don't say that to say that I am anti-divorce. I'm certainly not. Um, I'm certainly pro-marriage in my own life. Like I don't want, I don't want to divorce anytime soon, <laughs> but there are some relationships that do uh, need to end, right? Because they're toxic, they're unhealthy. And there are some relationships that can really be mended and be beautiful if we did the work to get there. Yep. So it's not really about saving or not saving the marriage, but if you don't do the work, the stuff's going to follow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all, all the points you just made to me are super valid and super important. If you're listening and you're like, well, we're in, we're in marriage therapy and it's kind of just stagnant, you know, that's what she was talking about. Or if you're in individual therapy and it's like, the only thing you're getting is just coping mechanisms. Like we can come alongside, like thrive is about coming alongside the work you're already doing or have done in like massively impacting. I mean, that's, that's really the goal was we set out and said, you know what, I'd been through it. I, I knew what therapy looks like. Um, and I knew what was missing. And part of it was that accountability. Part of it was that, that camaraderie of other men going through exactly what you're going through. And when you join thrive, you know, 
you know, on, on her call, she's got 50 other guys who are just clamoring for, you know, I, I want to ask her something. And then it's like, then this guy's got to comment about this thing. And, and it's just all this energy of other men that no longer feel depressed because they're, they're seeing, wow, I'm not the only one. I'm not here alone. And in a therapist office, you are alone. Like it's you and your, and your wife and, and that's it. And it can feel very daunting as a man who does not articulate feelings, gets really lost in his emotions and just feels a, a swell of stuff to then be able to come yeah. to though guys who go, yeah, dude, we get you. We understand what you're feeling, what you're going through right now. And this is not the end for you. This might be the beginning of something new and beautiful. And we're, and we're the same way. We do not push divorce just because I got divorced. Doesn't mean that's what I push on everyone else. Everyone's relationship is different. Um, and, and I, I'm the type, I want to see restoration. I want to see those things, but we don't promise that because we can't, we cannot control what the other person does. You're two humans, you're two flawed people. And all we can do is say, Hey, do the work. Um, and you know, and, and the work that we do, I think is phenomenal. And we've got amazing coaches on staff, like, like Misty, who, who help do that work. What would be one last thing you would say to a guy who maybe just isn't doing anything and he's listening to this and he's thinking he can just do it on his own therapy or coaching or not? Like, what would you say to a guy like that? I would ask how that's working for you. <laughs> um, and, and that and I, I chuckled because it, at first it sounds really flippant, like how's that working out for you? But uh, really mapping out, like if I'm doing it on my own, completely DIY, piecemealing it together. How will I know when this is working? What is my benchmark, right? How will I measure if this is working? How will I know if it's not? Which is something that coaching can offer you is some kind of tangible benchmark, real like boots on the ground strategies. And it's not, it's not just, it's not just fluff and it's not just like warm fuzzies because you're in a brotherhood. But if, if you feel like you can do, do it yourself, um, that might come with a cost. Hmm. Is it going to be time? Is it going to be money? Um, is it going to be the relationship, the window of time you have to, to heal something? And maybe you can DIY it. Um, I spent a really long time DIYing stuff, like reading, reading my own books. Uh, granted, I was, you know, practicing therapy, but that that does give me a slight edge to be able to reflect probably better than if I hadn't been um, trained in this way. But uh, I always make more traction when I work with a coach or yeah. when I work with a therapist. And sometimes doing nothing is doing something. And I like to say, like sometimes in discernment counseling, which is a different conversation for a different day, but there, there's a saying in discernment counseling is you do have options whether you stay or you go. You don't have to stay or go. You can keep doing exactly what you're doing now. But if that was really working well for you, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. Yep. Yep. So Boom. Um, I would evaluate uh, your benchmarks. How will I know if DIYing it is working for me and how will I know when it's not? And when will I become nimble enough to pivot when something needs to really change? You know, and I wanted to end on that, but I have to say this. The saddest thing for me is, is when a guy that's DIYing it and the wife leans back in and it's usually to get something, sex, something. And then as soon as she gets what she wants, she'll lean back out because she realized, she, you know, trauma, whatever. They do this back and forth game, especially if you've got mental disorders or things going on. And then the guy, first he's like, yes, it worked. It worked. She's back. This is, everything's great. And then she leaned back out and you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and we call that that false positive. Um, and, and that's why 
you need to have other people around you who can assess and help you understand from really a third party perspective of like, you know, unbiased, like, dude, I don't know your wife and I don't need to know your wife. Like we tell them that on the calls, this call is about you. It's not about her. It's not about what she's done or all those things. This is about you, how you're showing up and what you're doing and how you're feeling and articulating those things. Cause we are your advocate. It's like, we're you're not your attorney where you're, your sort of mindset advocate, if you will, to make sure that you are healthy for those kids, those kids that you have and are, and are doing the work that you need to do. Well, this, uh, I feel like we could talk hours on this subject, but uh, you know, the people <laughs> who are listening to this podcast are like, I got to get to work, so I can't listen to all of this. But um, I, I really appreciate you talking about the differences. You know, really the core differences. Therapy is really about going kind of backwards a little bit and looking at the 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 inner man, the healing, and a lot of that stuff. Whereas coaching is about more about moving forward, having a game plan, um, less less esoteric, and a little bit more one, two, three. And that's why we have those three phases in our coaching program to get you from point A to point B as quickly as possible so that you're not spinning your wheels and like wondering it, what if, and all this stuff, but you have a game plan for moving forward. If you are a guy who wants a game plan, I encourage you, challenge you to jump in our thrive program. You can go to empoweredman.co slash application and fill out an application to get on a phone call with one of our advisors. And we will talk to you about the program and what it entails. Misty, thank you so much for joining me and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Mark Santiago, CEO and founder of Empowered Man. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. However, before you go, I want to give you a special invitation. Now, listen, we've got a program that is designed specifically for men who are hurting right now, who are on the verge potentially of divorce, who are facing potential separation or already separated, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with all kinds of shit. If that's you, I want to challenge you to take the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. That's right, the Empowered Man 30-Day Challenge. You can go to emchallenge.com right now and sign up for the 30-Day Challenge. Here's why I think you should do that. If you're hurting, you need to understand why you're hurting. You need to understand what is actually going on. In week one of the challenge, we are gonna actually rip off that Band-Aid a little bit and coach you through that process. And then we continue to do that process all the way to the point where you start to make decisions that are empowered instead of disempowered. I don't know about you, but I would much, much, much rather make decisions from a place of strength than a place of weakness. So if you're facing decisions, if you're facing this anxiety, what do I do? How do I respond when my wife is being toxic? I don't know what to do. My wife is cheating on me. I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't love me. I don't know what to do. We are going to help you find those answers within. Now look, this 30 day challenge is probably unlike any other you've been a part of. Why? Because not only do we have daily assignments happening in the program every single day, but you also get live group coaching calls. I said live group coaching calls with myself and my lead coach. That's right, I am a part of this. It's not just some other people doing it. I am there live with you every single week call that we are on. Third part of that is you're gonna have a community of other guys that are going through exactly what you are going through. And the best part of this, this isn't even a fraction of the price we could charge for it. In fact, at some point we may raise the price, but right now it is at a bargain. So go to emchallenge.com, emchallenge.com to take the Empowered Man 30 Day Challenge, and I will see you on the inside.